podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome back to another episode of the Bar Steelers Premier League podcast. I'm your host, Connell, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Michael and Ronan. Unfortunately, we have no James this weekend, and he's picked the wrong week to be out because there is so much to talk about, both in terms of the podcast and just Premier League action. Like, so much happened. I want to start the podcast by alluding to two different things. We've got a potential guest coming onto the podcast, hopefully next week. Certainly, he will be on soon, we would hope. And uh, the only hint we're going to give you is if you're on TikTok and you're a Premier League fan, which presumably you are if you're listening to this, you'll know who this man is. So stick around the next week or two to hear his interview. And Mixer, we've got a competition to announce. Have you got anything to say at this at this moment? Uh, if you stick around till the end of the podcast, we'll give you all the details there. And yeah, it's, it's a great gift to our loyal supporters, you know. So keep listening and we'll give all the details at the end of the podcast. Okay, so make sure to tune in until the very end of the podcast to hear details of a fantastic competition. But moving on from podcasting, moving on to the main part of the podcast, the Premier League. A lot to talk about. It's tough to know where to start. So I'm just going to talk about the very start of the weekend. Manchester City at home to Leeds. Mexer, you predicted 7-0 to Manchester City when... Leeds got a man sent off. I was thinking that could well be the case. But, oh my God, what a win for Leeds. They paid most most of the game, really, with 10 men. Uh, it was Cooper who got sent off a few minutes before halftime and still managed to come away with a win away to City. They had two shots all game. They both came from a defender, and he scored both goals. Absolutely incredible performance by Leeds. And honestly, well worth it because City... You know, obviously the dominated possession, but they didn't really create too much guilt edge opportunities. It's the definition of a smash and grab. It's football in moments like these that you just love to see. Now, last year, the year before, as a Liverpool fan, I'd be celebrating a city loss, thinking, Jesus, now's the time for us to get a few points above them. But no, we are well off the title pace. Maybe as a United fan, like I know there's all these stats being thrown around that. When this happened, when City won the league in 2012, this was the same sort of running that was happening with the points in the games played. So I don't know how you're feeling, Connell, but maybe it's the beginning of the end for Pep, but realistically, it's absolutely not. And whoever they're playing next week, they're going to steamroll them. So maybe just a blip in the system. Obviously not as iconic as Celtics 2-1 win against Barcelona, but in terms of the stats, it's up there. Um, just, just proper smash and grab, and like, and like you said, uh, Conan, it, like, it was like that City dominated, but they didn't really do much with it. Um, Leeds well worth the win, and I think I said it last week that Leeds might have a chance. I think I still predicted City to win, but I said Leeds might have a chance because City Dortmund still very tight. Of course, that's tomorrow night. We're recording this on the Tuesday, so we dropped a lot of players. No Diaz didn't play. Um, a few other players didn't play as well. Uh, Nathan Ake played. Totally forgot he played for City. So yeah, I think I think there was an element of that where they didn't have their full firepower as well. Uh, but like Mixer said, uh, it's 
probably not going to lead to any huge downfall for City. I wouldn't think so anyway. Yeah, so you're telling me there's a chance. chance. I've I've (laughs) got the permutations here. Okay, so if Manchester City, right, this is our next few games, if they drew to Villa, bet Palace, lost to Chelsea, bet Newcastle, drew to Brighton and drew to Everton, United win all their games, United would finish on 84 points and would beat Man City to the title by a point. You're telling me there's a chance. I look, I'm a dream man. I'm not saying that's going to happen, obviously. But uh, something, something we're thinking about. I think United, that he didn't drop those points to Sheffield. Yeah. Like, it'd be definitely a more entertaining running, but still entertaining nonetheless. Maybe not as much in terms of the champions, but most certainly everywhere else in the Premier League. It's just so exciting. Yeah, yeah everything's really open. Like, even look at the top four there, just going off track. Uh, Drag a wee bit. It's, I think between if Everton win their game in hand, between third place and seventh place, there's four points. Yeah, and then and then obviously I don't, I know we'll go on to it now uh, later in the podcast. But even at the bottom now, West Brom are coming back into it a wee bit. So you don't know. Like it's it's, it's really open apart from the title race. And like that, even if City went off and lost their next game, even that's probably not as open, but it's still kind of open. Oh, yeah, like I think in the end, City will probably win the league by a handful of points, but it's not going to be like 19 points like it was when uh, in Mourinho's second season. You know, it's look, I, I, I say in there, there's a chance United won the league. There, there is no chance, but I think that's fine because you wouldn't have said that coming into the season anyway. If we can finish within a few points of City, that's massive, massive progress. Uh, Stuart Dallas, though, was on my bench in fancy football this week scoring twice with 17 points so um, it's a bit of a sore one I'm just thinking because City they rested so many players with the Champions League in mind like just say they progress now to the semi-finals and they have another tight first leg Pep's going to do the same he's going to rest those players because that's the thing that's missing for him at City the Premier or the Champions League title and they're the only squads probably that has as much depth as they do. But even switching whole squads, you see, it didn't click as well as it as it maybe should have. But another tight draw with either PSG or Bayern, you never know. Could they could drop more points, but if they get knocked out, obviously they're going to win the league. It's just a, a maybe, a potential. Yeah, that's yeah, a they- decent point. But also, United are in the Europa League, so really. Gearing all our focus to the Europa League probably makes more sense than just trying hoping for a miracle in the Premier League. Yeah, and and, and like you said, they're the only chance really is if they go through and then they'll have PSG or Bayern. Uh, that's tonight, but we'll we're not by the time this podcast which comes out, we'll know the result of that. Um, they're still in the FA Cup, so they still have a semi final to play there, and they still have the final of the Carabao Cup to play as well. Yeah. Uh, which United aren't in either, so there's a little bit more fixed congestion. Again, we're not saying it's going to happen. It probably won't. But if there was any way, any chance United would have it, stuff like fixture congestion and pep rotation might play some effect. But realistically, it won't. City probably will still win the league. Yeah, you know, we're just going to entertain the idea. We're going to play devil's advocate, red devil's advocate. And we'll go on to talk about the red devil's performance at the weekend. What a transition that was. I'm getting better at this podcast thing. Uh, yeah, so we'll move on to some, probably the other notable game of the weekend. As I said, the sort of shitty uh, blockbuster 
fixture coming into the weekend. Um, United were class in the second half against Spurs. It was so-so in the first half, but that was the best probably 45 minutes of football that United have produced this season. And uh, it was absolutely beautiful because it sparked a really weird feud between Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Jose Mourinho, in which Ole Gunnar Solskjaer uh, claimed that if his son went down like Kyungmin's son did, that he wouldn't be getting any food. Uh, Jose Mourinho said he's glad Kyungmin's son's father is a better human than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And Noah Solskjaer, his son, has come out and said that he does get fed by Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's a bizarre situation. Yeah, Mourinho, he's he's just a crier these days. Nothing's going right for him. It stinks of the, the press conference he had with United when he's there. Me, three. You know what else? Two. Respect, man. Respect. That's what it stinks of. He's an absolute moaner. He's just, oh. He's going to get dicked about in the Carabao Cup final. Kane's going to leave. He's going to get sacked. Spurs were in the mud. Uh, he used to do that at Chelsea when he was really good. He'd deflect attention away from the team onto him. But that's when Chelsea were pretty much winning every single weekend. But when Spurs are playing such miserable football and generally not doing very well, it doesn't really take away from Spurs. It And it, it just also puts the spotlight on Mourinho. So it's just the perfect storm of negativity. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, it's just a weird one, isn't it? Also, with the bar suitors course. We discussed this pretty much. Every team that we say is doing well ends up <laughs> doing shite, and every team that we say is like doomed to go down is it ends up playing better. Spurs, prime example of this. Uh, I think it was in November. They were second high, yeah, with Liverpool, and we said, you know, Spurs probably won the league, but they'll probably finish very strong, and they're playing good football under Mourinho. That's not the case anymore. Yeah, I think it's just a case of. Mourinho just being Mourinho, he, he kind of likes having the spotlight on him, uh, which might, def- I don't know, deflect away from the, it doesn't even anymore, because people still think Spurs are playing shite, like it's, uh, I'd be fuming as a Spurs fan anyway. I have to say, uh, you got to respect Youngman's son, he took that slap like a champ, took it on the chin and he got up and he got the goal as oh. I saw on uh, Twitter there was some fella, if the game had he had some accumulator on, and if the game had ended 4-1, he would have won £90,000. Whatever odds he had in it, or whatever other permutations he had with the games, that's on Schlapp. Well, uh, if that go- goal had gone mm. in the game, could have gone a lot differently. But just, you know, 90k, it's it's not a small amount of money. Also, it was, uh, uh, the bookmaker is, should give him a few quid. They have to. Also, some somebody triple captain Fred. One person triple captain Fred this week in fantasy football. Genius. Fair play to him. <laughs> maniac, absolute maniac. Um, yeah. So yeah, United, absolutely fantastic performance. Uh, Evans Cavani, who's actually been poor enough over the last month or two. He showed his class. Uh, he's just incredible in the box. Fred played quite well. Pogba was brilliant. Um, I think. One of the most encouraging things from this game as a United fan was that United did play that football and scored three goals away to Tottenham, four really. And it was all without uh, either Marcus Rashford or Bruno Fernandes contributing in any of those goals directly. So that's encouraging. We're a little bit less reliant on them than perhaps I thought. Uh, but moving on to other matters that are sort of relating to Manchester United, that's Jesse Lingard. 
Look, he's been quietly doing incredibly at West Ham. I don't think we've really talked about him too much. Um, on the January transfer special, I remember we said Jesse Lingard's a very good player and he's probably going to do very well. I think we gave him a 9 out of 10 for that transfer. So um, no such case of the Barstoolers curse there. But uh, what have you been making of him and where do you see him going? How much is he worth? Uh, uh, worth I, 450 million. He'll win the Ballon d'Or. Fair. Messi, Lingardinho. He's got the best celebrations in the Premier League. He's going to get a team of the season on FIFA and it'll be the best card ever. Uh, I, I saw uh, Sky Sports linked him to Real Madrid, which that won't happen, but... <laughs> uh, uh, him. It's... Uh, it's <laughs> silly season's already coming out. Uh, he won't say United, but... Um, just depends. I, if West Ham are willing to pay for him, he'll probably go to West Ham. Um, he's just having crack there. He's just scoring goals yeah, and dancing like that's, it. that's a dream for him. Absolute dream, and he's definitely on that plane to the Euros. I don't think there. I don't think there is a plane. I think England, if they're in it, I think they play like over half their games in Wembley. Um. Yeah, he's just been playing very, very well. I know. Make sure I said the other day that, that his goal at the weekend was really weird like the first time he hit it it looked like he'd scuffed it but when you see it from the behind the goal angle it was just incredible oh it was unbelievable like, I, don't, yeah. I don't know how he did that it was it was class when i saw it first uh, it looked like a deflection but then when they showed the angle behind the goals it wasn't going in until it was at the post it was nuts it was so good yeah class goal um i'm, I'm oh. just looking at the pfa sorry run um, you could say in a second. I'm just looking at the PFA Player of the Year odds according to Betfair. Betfair, if you're listening, please sponsor us. <laughs> Jesse Lingard is the eighth favourite to win the PFA Player of the Year. He's 20 to 1 ahead of someone like Mo Salah, who's ninth. Jesus Christ. Incredible. It's If he was doing this the full season, you'd be, you'd genuinely, you'd genuinely have a case, but he's only been doing it a couple of months. It, it, it's Bruno's to lose pretty much. Yeah. And much. unless he scores like, like what, 15, 20 goals before the end of the season, he won't. But it'd be so good if he did. If it was a fan vote, he'd absolutely win it. But it's oh, yeah. a player. Yeah, I'm, fa- I'm fairly sure the, yeah, the votes are in or around now. It always right. happens a few weeks before the end of the season. So, yeah, no, it's okay. uh, Yeah, Fernandez is a favourite. The full United Fernand- squad, give him, give him a vote. Nope. Diaz is second, which I think is yeah. a bit narrative driven. I don't know if he's been that good, but he's been you know, good. He's probably been yeah. the signing of the season, but he's not been the best. Probably, player. yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else is in that? Actually, just out of curiosity, probably Kane. Uh, probably. Kane Bruno yeah. Fernandez first, uh, Ruben Diaz uh, second, Harry Kane third, Jack Grealish fourth. Not really convinced about that. He hasn't played in about two months. Yeah, uh, Gundogan, De Bruyne, De Bruyne. He's got five goals this year. He's got less goals than Lingard. Uh, Foden. Lingard, Salah. Ah, you'd imagine Foden will. Wait, did you say Foden is at over Salah? Yeah. Oh my days! That's a a disgrace. It's a bit narrative driven. It's like Gundogan should probably be ahead of any City player, really. Even Diaz. He's been City's best player. He's just been class. But Salah, yeah, I, I Salah just gets abused. Like I've, there's this other TikToker saying that Mares is better than Salah. (laughs) <laughs> like what? What an idiot! I'm sorry. That's a tragic opinion. He's not even the best winger at City. Yeah, Barrows was that going to be starting at City every week? Um, Salah. I'm going to say it. He's the best player in the Premier League. I know Cullen really likes him. He thinks he's a baller. Well, maybe you could say De Bruyne, but 
Um, yeah, probably. Maybe yeah, probably yeah, but Salah, he's getting the goals. He's scoring more Salah's goals. Salah's got all the intangibles. Like, he, he's incredible. Yeah. Like, he'll just pop up, like, his movements. He'll do nothing, bang, yeah. goal. Yeah. I, I keep saying this. If he had a right foot, he'd be the best player in the world. But he just yeah. refuses to use his right foot. Like, it was so frustrating there at the weekend. Um, yeah, that I know bad. he ended up scoring, but there was one where Tyrone Mings let it run through to him. And... It was on his right foot, should have taken it on his right foot, but he used like the outside of his left foot for no reason. And he's done that a load of times in down years with Liverpool. I'm just like, if we learn how to use his right foot, like I'll go to a bit of rant here. This is my most your da football opinion I've ever had. <laughs> Professional yeah. footballers should not have a weak foot. It's all you do. All you do is play football. Just practice with the other foot every now and then. It I genuinely think- does my head in. In, in just general football, the only person that has an excuse for it is Arian Robin because he just got away with it every single time. He just cut in it. his left foot. You knew what he was doing every time he still scored. But yeah, Salah needs to work in the, the L right foot. But I mean, at the end of the day, he is one of the best uh, footballers in the world. And we're just talking about him. So yeah. we've gotten on, the, on that goal machine baller. Yeah, we're still under the Jesse Lingard uh, discussion <laughs> sort of section. We talk about uh, yeah, absolute tangent there, but that's fine. Uh, this is something that I have in my notes. I think that United would be mad not to explore a deal involving Lingard for Declan Rice. I think the Athletic said something about it this week, didn't go into too much detail, but surely something like 50 million and Lingard would suit everybody. Rice would get his big move. Lingard would get a good move. West Ham would get a fair bit of money and a great player for them. United wouldn't spend too much money. I think that suits everybody. I feel like that's way better for United than it is for West Ham. It's still the guts of 80 million for West Ham, though. I still think it's that bad either because, yeah, Declan Rice is a good holding midfielder, but I think Solcek can do that if you need him to. And... 50 million is plenty to go out and get another good player or even like just keep someone check in there and if their scouting is any decent they'll be able to get another player to come in there and play that defensive midfield role uh, it might not be as good as Declan Rice I think that's I it West, yeah I think it does because West Ham get someone who's probably been their best player this year uh, maybe Sochek's been a bit better but Sochek's certainly been their best. Uh, but Lingard's come in and been brilliant they get him and then they get a load of money to go out and buy at least a semi-decent replacement for Declan Rice as well. And maybe they might have a little bit of money left over to buy you somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just something I think would make an awful lot of sense. Maybe West Ham would want more than that, but I I don't know if he'd be worth too much more than that. I'd probably stretch it to maybe 55 and, and Lingard because Lingard's probably being valued at something like 25 or 30 million, which is crazy because United would not have got yeah, 12 million from in January probably 12 would have been pushing it so, as an um, Irish yeah, United fan what does Declan Rice moving to your your beloved club make how does that make you feel look he's someone that we desperately need I love him as a player as a person he's a rat but it would be funny it would be fun. I'd be able to see the funny side of it it's someone I my the footballer I hate most joining United would be poetry You'd probably have to support someone else. <laughs> yeah, just have to just stop it. Support Tranmere. Or something. Yeah, start like sport, start supporting Chelsea and then Grealish joins <laughs> them or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, at first, Grealish, I don't dislike as much as Rice. Yeah, that's, but that's sure. what I'm if, if, Yeah, you go start supporting Chelsea and then when Grealish moves, you can just start watching another sport or something. Just give up all yeah. together on the football crack, you know. 
Yeah, it's probably for the best. <clears throat> probably for the best. But moving on to the next one, possibly involving United and transfers. It's a bit United heavy this week. Harry Kane, according to The Athletic, according to Sky Sports, according to most outlets at this stage, once out of Tottenham, should they not qualify for the Champions League, which they probably won't. They definitely have a chance, but they probably won't. So yeah, Harry Kane once out. But where could he possibly go? Spurs would demand absolutely crazy money. City could afford him, but they wouldn't pay it. United would afford him. It probably would afford him, but spending 150 million or something like that on Kane, probably not wise. So it's a bit of a strange situation. Where do you see Kane going? He's got three years left in his deal. Spurs kind of hold the power. I think realistically, there are only three clubs in world football that will be able to afford this. And one of them, maybe not, but it's just because of the name. So I'm going to say Real Madrid. Man City or Man United and apart from that there are or, well there is PSG like if they sell Mbappe in the summer maybe but like with Aguero leaving City have a great chance to either get Holland or Kane the same with United but it's just Daniel Levy is going to put an astronomical fee on that player Kane is going to be I'm going to say like 200 million He's going to be big bucks. Yeah, the only way I see um, Kane being allowed to leave is if he really, really pushes for it. If he's like, come on, lads, like you owe me more than this. Like bail back in the day, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he will leave in the summer. I think he'll be at Spurs next season. Because I thought the, the clubs that will be able to afford him probably won't go in from. I think City are probably more focused on Certainly, City and Real Madrid are probably more focused on Ireland. Uh, which, if Dortmund don't get Champions League next season, I'm pretty sure Haaland's on the go as well. And they, I think, they're like eight points off with about six games to go. So that's looking like it will happen. I know United won't go in for Haaland because Raiola's there as well. Obviously, they have history with him and Pogba. Well, he is the first choice on United's list, but it's it's not likely, you know. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just don't think anyone's going to sign him uh, for the amount of money that Levy's probably going to ask for him. So I think we're probably just going to end up with Kane at Spurs again next season. And then the year after that, there'll be two years left in his contract and they won't be able to ask for as much. So we might leave then. I agree. Unless so, unless something crazy happens. Unless something crazy happens next season where Spurs end up winning the league or something and won the Europa League as well. And I but I I highly doubt that'll happen. Um also at Real Madrid, I I can't get I I get sidetracked again, but both them and Barcelona are in a billion debt. It's like how could they be allowed to keep signing players for that amount of money? Um it's, it's a different conversation. I just don't think he'll go. I, I'd have to agree. I think he'll probably end up staying, whether he likes it or not. Probably having another... It's not even so much about trophies. Spurs can win the League Cup, but in the grand scheme of things, does that change anything I mean, for the I'm club? Modern, yeah. no, oh, no, no. So it, it'll happen like that. He'll probably have another poor enough season at Spurs and then will probably be allowed to go. Unless by then Mourinho's gone, which is quite likely, and a far better manager comes in. Um, but I don't see him going anywhere this year just because of the money involved um, I suppose we could do you want actually no we're going to leave Haaland until next week 
So that's going to be a similar enough conversation. We'll discuss that next week. So the last thing we're going to talk about before we get into the predictions is do West Brom have a chance to stay up? They got another win, 3-0, um, you know, after an unbelievable win at Stamford Bridge. Do they have a chance of staying up? I probably would have said yes if Newcastle had no bet Burnley. I didn't really see that one coming. Well, I mean, never say never in the world of football. You know, uh, the gravery train rolls on. The only thing, West Brom do not have a nice set of fixtures going into the back end of the season. They have West Ham, they have Arsenal, Liverpool and Leicester, which is far from promising. And they don't really play anyone else in the bottom, like in terms of the relegation candidates. They don't really play... But, I mean, they they slapped Chelsea about the place. They could do the same to a lot of those other teams. And Allardyce, he's never been relegated before. So, I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah, it, it's it's a curse of the... It's a, it's a case of the Barca's curse as well with Fulham because I think ever since we said that they looked likely getting... Uh, they looked more and more likely to stay up. I think they've lost five games in a row since then. So, um, I think we should just stop saying that football teams are good. Yeah, it looks more likely. At Hampton, God, they've gone off the, off the track. Yeah. Um, I think it's, what is it, Newcastle are on 32 or 33, and then Fulham are on 26, but they've played a game more than Newcastle. And they've played a game more, they've played two games more. And then West Brom have played the same amount of games as Newcastle and they're on 24 points. So in terms of either West Brom and Fulham staying up, if either one of them was going to stay up, I think because of West Brom's recent form, they actually have as good a chance as Fulham to stay up now, which you probably wouldn't have said five weeks ago when Fulham were Fulham were in good form. It's just that 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 went at the weekend for Newcastle. I again I didn't see that coming either. Like I thought maybe they might have gotten a draw or something. But they've got Sam Max being back now. Um, I don't know back as well. Almond's back as well. Um, so you have to think that they don't play great football, Newcastle. But with those players back, they've got a lot more of a chance of staying up. Um, especially Sam Max because he's really good. Um, I still think Newcastle's. Well, sorry, I th- I, I was I thought Fulham were going to stay up, but that went at the weekend and Fulham's form. I'm going to say, I'm going to say now that I think. F- Newcastle stay up on both. I'm gonna have I'm having Fulham, look, West Brom go down. I'm having we look here at Newcastle's fixtures. They have West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal, Leicester, and City. So they Ooh, don't have actually, a yeah. they don't have a good run in either. That's yeah, probably possibly four losses, and then they play Fulham last day of the season. That's gonna be huge. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be huge. Um, I'm just I was just looking at the championship there. Um, it was yesterday. Uh, it'd be good to have uh, next season a fresh, fresh re- uh, breath of fresh air with Watford and Norwich coming up. That's going to be great. Uh, everybody's delighted with that. Well, with the with Watford coming up, it'll be good to have Ben Foster's vlogs, Premier League match day vlogs. It'll be so good. Yeah, they they played United Old Trafford, but he was dropped. It was tragic. He hasn't have done it again. He, he hasn't played since he broke his fingers. Really. But he still he takes his wee cup of tea out to the bench. He drinks it and he gets the GoPro out. Some man, <laughs> Brentford's yeah, on the end. Like it's 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 
Brentford feel like the new Leeds. They, they always they seem to get keep on getting close to promotion and then just don't. They could get they could go up by the playoffs. They might still because I think they've secured a playoff space. But it looks like Watford and Norwich are definitely going to get the top two spots. Norwich anyway, I think, are one game off promotion. Yeah, they're fine. Um, yeah, um, I think Watford and Brentford's a little bit closer, but there's only four games left. I think in that season, so. Ugh. I mean, look, it won't be the worst having either of those teams back in the Premier League because I didn't think either team were awful last season. But it just, it'd just be nice to have some new teams in the league. Nothing against those clubs in particular. It'd just be nice to see. I don't know who else is in there. I know Swansea are in there. They haven't been in the league in a while. Brentford are in there. I think Reading are in. Or, or Reading are seventh Barnsley or something are up like there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Barnsley are fifth, yeah. Barnsley would be, be great. Because... Uh, People might not know Barnsley and Dundalk, which is uh, our local team that we support. They've uh, the fans have a bit of a connection. I don't know what you connection. Call it. Yeah, yeah. Every year, Barnsley fans come over here, and then we go over to a Barnsley game. So that'd be cool. Barnsley are also they're they're fairly Brexit like. They wouldn't have a lot of money. I imagine the bulk of our team is our proper English blokes. We like Sheffield. When they get relegated, we'll just get another Sheffield esque team back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like Blackpool back in the day as well. Yeah, Blackpool were iconic. What what a side. Yeah, so Gary Taylor Fletcher. DJ Charlie Campbell. Adam. Unbelievable. My first time in Anfield I saw Blackpool won two one. It was great. Orange kits was beautiful. Or tangerine, if any Blackpool fans uh, are listening, they'll get annoyed. I think they wore a white kit that day. I can't even yeah, remember yeah. who scored. I think Adam scored and Taylor Fletcher scored and then Kirgiago scored for us. The glory um, days. The Hudson era. Good time. Taylor Fletcher, like the belly on him. How is he a football? Oh, oh, Brilliant. Brilliant. Take me back. Right, so after that whole discussion about West Brom maybe staying up, uh, we probably all have him going down. So I was, Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd like that. I'd like Allardyce's to stay up. He's just so funny. Yeah, he's, on, he has, he's honestly a good manager. He gets disrespected a little bit. You know, he, he's better than... I don't know, maybe your Warnock. But even Warnock has a great record of getting teams forward. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he, he's decent. Uh, but yeah, he's very funny. So moving on to the predictions. Uh, I got a grand total of zero points this week. Uh, Ronan, you got four. So you're on 67. I'm 76. Uh, Make sure you're on 72. So you're creeping up a little bit. You're not out of it. Uh, James only got one point. He's on 78. Uh, this um, prediction league... Um, the winner of said predictions league will get a jersey courtesy of the other three contestants. Uh, you get zero points if you get it completely wrong. If you say it's going to be 2-2, for example, and it's 1-1, you get one point. And if you get a bang on, you get three points. So looking at the games coming up this weekend, we've got some decent ones. Uh, Everton at home to Spurs. I've watched f- a fair bit of Spurs recently. And um, uh, yeah, I don't hold out any great hopes of them. Um, Everton probably haven't been as good as they were as well, but I'm going to go with a 2-1 win to Everton. Uh, I'm also going to go 2-1 Everton because yeah, they, they have that game in hand as well that they kind of need to win. I think they can't, even if they win their game in hand, they'll be behind Liverpool. But there's a chance Everton don't finish in the top six or seven, which would probably be a disaster for them for, considering how well they played the season. So they want to win this. Other than that, I don't really have anything else to say. Um, just Spurs bashing again this podcast. Just they haven't been very good. This is a fixture with both teams needing the win and 
neither team will get the win. It's going to be a 1 1 draw and it's not going to be a good one. It'll be Mourinho, five depth, drop back, terrorism. It won't be nice. Even yeah, in a draw. Ugh. Yeah, Mourinho against Ancelotti. Who would have thought that would have been depressing if you said those two managers <laughs> a few years ago? You know, unbelievable. All right, so next game. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little bit depressing, uh, but it's important in terms of the race for top four and in the relegation battle. Newcastle play West Ham, uh, two teams who aren't particularly good to watch, although West Ham, to their credit, are getting unbelievable results. So it's a great story. I think a lot of their joy has been them really surprising teams. You know, Jesse Lingard having a lot of space to run into. He's good at that. That's why he was bad at United because he had no space to run into. Newcastle are going to set up shop here. Two banks of four. Won't give West Ham much space. And I think they'll get a point. 1-1. Uh, I'm going to say 2-1 uh, West Ham. Um, because, again, like that, it's... Newcastle kind of set up defensively in most of their games. But even against Wolves, Wolves... Got caught out by the the West Ham, the West Ham break. I think the West Ham have been, they have been conceding a fair bit as well recently. They've just been outscoring teams the last few games. Um, but I still fancy them to win this one. This might have big implications for Europe and relegation, but the most important thing is who is the better moves, Saint Maximin or Messi Lingard. And whoever wins this game will be the the dance champion of the Premier League. And it's going to be Gucci Gang. He's coming out with the dub. He's getting maybe Newcastle that one step closer. It's going to be 2-1 for Newcastle. I think if Newcastle do win this, they're safe. I, I yeah, probably. Like. Which is quite sad, considering we all had them relegated like three games ago. <laughs> yeah. But next game is definitely going to be a good one. Having said that, it's probably going to be nil-nil now. But it certainly looked great uh, if you look at the two teams on paper. Leeds at home to Liverpool. Liverpool going to Ellen Road for the first time in God knows how long. I feel kind of bad saying this considering Leeds rocked up to the Etihad and bet them 2-1. Uh, but I do think it's going to go from being unbelievable and brave to being naive against Liverpool. And Liverpool will punish them. Uh, it's going to be 3-1 to Leeds. Or Liverpool even. Um I think this is just to be like Liverpool's last few games where we kind of play well but struggle to break teams down but eventually end up getting results. I'm just going to say, I'm going to say 2-0. Could be 2-1, but I'm going for 2-0. For, I'm basing my result on how exciting the, the first meeting of these teams were. I'm going to go with 4-3 Liverpool. Just think it has the potential to be a very open, free-scoring game, but... Definitely has the potential to be the complete opposite with Liverpool just being scrap and Leeds nicking the goal. But I'm going to go 4 3 Liverpool. Will certainly be an unbelievable game if that was to happen. Next game, two decent sides, Chelsea and Brighton. Call me a madman. I think Brighton are going to pull out a result here. Then they're going to rock up to the bridge and shock them. Chelsea are, of course, in Champions League action this week. They're going through against Porto. They're going through to the semi finals. They'll be high as a kite after that. And Brighton are going to catch them on the hop. They're going to get them in the long grass. 2-1 win to Brighton at Stamford Bridge. I'm going to go for a Brighton XG victory, but an actual result of one all. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'd... Chelsea will be tired after the game against Porto, but I... Brighton haven't been in brilliant form recently. 
Uh, well, I don't know why they've been playing well. Like I said, all the XG, they've... Uh, they just don't have a lot of quality, right? I don't think. But they will get a result here. Are you doing better recently? Yeah. I sense also will be the Champions League hangover after Chelsea. They probably will progress against Porto. It's going to be a 1-0 Brighton win with Danny Welbeck, a.k.a. Wele, getting a goal asso in this one. That guy Welbs ups up saying nada. He's, a, he's been all right recently. And the last match we're going to predict is United at home to Burnley. There's not that many good games this weekend because the FA Cup's on. So we've got a couple of decent fixtures there. But we're just going to predict Premier League games as it's the Premier League podcast. Uh, United at home to Burnley. I originally had this as 2-2 because since Burnley got promoted back to the Premier League in 2016, United have not beaten them at Old Trafford. It's been... Nil nil, Tommy Heaton pulling out unbelievable saves. Two two, two two, and I think two nil Burnley. I think that was the game before we signed Bruno Fernandez, or certainly very close to it. And in the two two, Burnley have went up two nil in both of those games. So uh, yeah, I I don't know, just some juju about Burnley coming to Old Trafford. We always beat them at Turf Moor. We never beat them at Old Trafford. So I had it as a two two, but Burnley have not looked great recently. The loss at home to Newcastle. So I think United will just have enough, but it's going to be painful. 2-1 United. Uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Bruno penalty just because it feels like it. Uh, I'm going to go with a comfortable 3-0 United win. Yeah, as Colonel said, Burnley quite hopeless. United are good. And that just about brings a close to the podcast for this week. We haven't quite got James' predictions in, but don't worry, it's all above board. We'll get his predictions in before the weekend. Uh, no one's stealing that jersey. But speaking of jerseys, we've got a competition to announce, Michael. I've just hinted at it there. Fill us in on the details of what the prize is and how you win it. So uh, we're going to be doing a giveaway on our social medias. So it's going to be a jersey from Kit Launch, which is a good Irish company to do some lovely stuff, lovely kits and like training gear and stuff. So it's going to be a jersey to the equivalent of 40 euro and then we'll send it out to you wherever you live. Uh, so we'll be putting up a post on both our Instagram and our Twitter and you'll have to like like the posts and then tag a friend in each and then you'll get extra entries for sharing to your story and being subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. And then we'll announce the winner on the podcast next week. And yeah, we hope hope to see the entries coming in. It'll be a great wee prize to win, a mystery jersey. And obviously, if you are the winner and there are certain teams you don't want to get, you can just give us our size, tell us. Uh, teams you do not want to receive a jersey from and then we'll put our minds together the four of us and pick out the nicest one we can yeah so you just said there about um the jersey hasn't been picked out we want to stress that so don't worry about the size win it we'll announce the winner we'll ask you for your size and then we'll pick it after uh but also another question they may have how would they prove that they're subscribed to the youtube uh just ooh. just send us a message it's, it's- just send yeah, us a yeah. DM. Yeah, screenshot, send a DM on Twitter or Instagram. I think our DMs are open to both. Yeah, yeah you had me stumped there, Connell. Yeah, no, just, just think, thinking about questions. So just uh, send us a screenshot of that. We'll book it down. We'll put you in your name in the hat an extra time. So I think it's probably in your interest to subscribe to the YouTube for that. So yeah, wonderful. We'll be announcing the winner of the competition in probably about 10 days or so. You know, this podcast is going to come out on the Thursday. We usually record on Tuesday, so the competition's probably going to run over 11 or 12 days. We'll announce the winner on the podcast. We'll get in contact with you, and we'll 
select a lovely bit of kit for you and send it out to you. So that just about brings the end to this podcast. If you could subscribe to our YouTube, as we said just a moment ago, like any YouTube videos that we post, we post clips there. If you listen to us on Spotify, give us a rating. If you're listening to us on the Apple podcast, leave us a review. All those things are massively, massively appreciated. And of course, we're going to be running that competition. So keep an eye on our social media. And we'll be back next week with another episode, hopefully with a very special interview. So until then, enjoy this weekend's action in the Premier League. And goodbye. Network.